see young people. They all leave. <laughs> That's good, though. Y'all are still here. I know y'all are here. I love y'all. I do. I love y'all. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, if you have your word tonight, go ahead uh, and turn to Mark chapter 12. And we are going to, with the help of the Lord, <laughs> finish chapter 12 tonight. We're going to be in verses 41 through 44. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, it's on the screen. <laughs> Here we go. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many who were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast, in, has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For, they, <clears throat> for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her wont did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So tonight, using for uh, a title, it's simply the widow's might. And as I continued to read over this and study, uh, I said another fitting title would just be, give it all you got. <laughs> give the Lord all you've got. Uh, because that's what he's asking for. And so we know um, that in the course of preaching these messages uh, on the book of Mark, uh, we've dealt with several sensitive uh, and controversial topics. But above all that we've discussed and talked about, tonight may be the touchiest subject of all. Why? Because tonight I want to talk about what God's Word says directly about your money, about your giving. And when I say your, I'm including myself, about our giving, about our money. And uh, it's an issue that affects every person in this room, right? We all, we're all affected by this. Uh, so I just want to take a few moments tonight and talk about God's word on our money, what he has to say. And um, I know a lot of times people just get antsy and they're like, I don't, she don't need to be talking about my money. She needs to stay out of my finances. Well, tonight all that I'm giving you is just simply the word of God. It's not my thoughts. It's not my opinions. Uh, but it's the Word of God, and a lot of times uh, we need to remind ourselves what the Word of God has to say about our money, about our finances, and about our giving. We know one thing's for sure. Uh, in this life, money is essential. You have to have money, right? We depend upon money uh, to provide homes, our homes, our food, our clothing, cars, and uh, any other thing that we uh, deem necessary for life. Um, and if you do not have money in society, then you're in serious trouble. And I think we would all agree on the fact that money is very important. It is. Money is important. But I want to also bring out the point that money is overrated a lot of times. Um, this world is all about telling us how we can uh, get rich quick, how we can uh, get, go about getting more money acquiring more money, uh, but too often we get called up 
and trying to make more money, right? Accumulate more stuff. And then we end up hurting ourselves uh, because we get into a place where we stop depending on the Lord and, um, and we just depend on ourselves that we can do this. We can provide. Uh, I know I can speak personally. Jason and I were there several years ago, and, and he has shared this before. That was his driving motivation in life was to provide for his family. But he failed to realize the number one aspect of providing is spiritual for the family, not money. And a lot of times men especially can get caught up in that and deceived in that. But I want to remind you tonight that our provision is his business. It's his business. He alone is our provider. And if we are faithful to him, if we will give all that we have to him, he will see to it that our every need is met. And I can testify to that as well. When we came close to losing it all, we never skipped a meal. We never, uh, you know, miss things. <laughs> don't start doing that. I laughed at him earlier during worship. I said, don't be looking at my stomach. Because I saw him looking over, and he said, how on if you don't look at mine? <laughs> I said, okay. So it's clear that we haven't gone without meals, right? The Lord is our provider. He always provides for us. Um, and that's his business. It's not ours. We just live our lives pleasing unto the Lord, and he provides for us. Um, money can be used for great good. It can. And a lot of times Christians get a skewed view of money, and they think it's evil. Well, the Word says, yeah, let's say what the Word says. The love of money is the root of all evil, not money, because money can be used to do good things. It's built hospitals. It's fed the hungry. Uh, it's clothed people. It's provided for the needs of the kingdom of God uh, and helped countless millions. Um, you can read the parable of the Good Samaritan, and that's a perfect example of how money can be used for good. But we know the flip side of that. The money can be used for great evil as well. Uh, in our country today, we know that money is used to finance the drug culture, pornography, prostitution, wars, and every other vile practice known to man. Um, it's kind of, I don't know if you think of it this way, it's kind of like the grease that lubricates sin. Money does. It does that. Money can be used for great evil. When you just stop and think um, about the sex trafficking business in the United States, it will make you sick to your stomach when you realize how many billions of dollars are spent every year buying and selling children. It, it's hard for my mind to comprehend such evil as that. But it's happening. And money is the, the pathway for that. People are, are getting very rich, insanely rich, uh, over buying and selling children. Next, I want to hit that money must be used property, properly. Every Christian has a responsibility to use the resources which have been given to him or her by God to further God's kingdom. When we invest our money in the kingdom of God, we also place our heart there. 
hear me, when we invest our money in the kingdom of God, we place our heart there also. When we place our finances in the hands of the world, in the world's ways, in the world's things, then we place our heart there. That's, that's where our affections are. Um, Matthew 6, 19 through 24 tells us that, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we know these scriptures, and a lot of times we kind of um, set them to other areas of our lives and not realizing it affects, it's talking about our finances, where we give our money to. You know, we um, monthly take up an offering for Bible fund um, because I believe that is the best thing uh, as the body of Christ that we can do is to see to it that Bibles are put into the hands of people all over the world. When, and we've showed a video here before of those in third world countries receiving a Bible and how they will weep over that Bible because they realize what it holds, what it contains. It's their life. And um, some of them only have a page or maybe just a little, maybe one scripture. And these are pastors of churches. Uh, and, and we have so many Bibles here in our own homes. But to be able to invest our resources, invest our money in something just as simple as that, as the Bible fund, that's taken Bibles all over the world, I can't think of anything greater. Because the Word of God alone sustains us. It's enough. And if we can get the Word of God in people's hands, it will change their life. That is a, an investment that we should be making on a regular basis. I encourage you to do that. Maybe you've never given in the Bible-thon offering before. There's envelopes out there that say Bible-thon on them. And you can purchase a Bible, and it will, that's, why, that's why we were able to get free Expositor's New Testaments, because people give on a monthly basis to, to do this, to be able to do this as an outreach. So I encourage you to do that. Next, money can lead to terrible bondage. You know, lots of times we think, gosh, if I just had all the money in the world, my life would just be so much easier. Failing to realize the bondage that can come with money. Me and my little pea brain, I think, I would just love to be able to go to the grocery store and not have to worry. I can just buy whatever I want and be all name brand food. I won't have to come home and hear the kids, Mom! <laughs> we laugh all the time. Uh, a Christian comedian, Tim Hawkins, he talks about this. Why can we not have Cheerios? Why do we have to have toasted holes? <laughs> Why can't we have a ham hamburger helper? Why do we have to have beef's assistant? <laughs> you know, just those little things that I think about. I'm not thinking about buying houses on the lake and 
cars and all this stuff. It'd just be nice to go to the grocery store. But even in all of that, the Lord always provides for us. And, you know, and we think, oh, yeah, if I had millions of dollars, I would give to the church and I would bless so many people. I don't know, a lot of people say that, but most don't. Most become greedy. They become in bondage to money, right? When we allow ourselves to fall into the slavery of debt, we're hindering our ability to follow the Lord properly. Often our indebtedness prevents us from serving the Lord. Proverbs 22 and 7 says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender a lot of times we get in over our heads we make decisions without consulting the lord first we've all been there it it just happens and i think our first thing is oh lord how did this happen tap on the shoulder excuse me (laughs) you didn't even ask me right you didn't even that's the lord saying you didn't even ask me if you could afford this if you could afford that Thank the Lord, the older we've gotten, the more wise we've gotten. And we've all lived through that, and the Lord's patient with us. But I want to tell you, if you can be faithful to the Lord, if you can realize that at an early age, and I'm looking at them, and right here, y'all are young, your life is going to be so much more blessed and full because you're not going to have that bondage over you. Uh, and you're not going to have to worry about that. So give to the Lord first, and everything else is going to fall into place. Money must be used to bring glory to God. It must be used to bring glory to God. When money is properly used to glorify the Lord, then the Lord is given a wonderful opportunity for providing for his people, right? Um, When God is denied this opportunity, then the child of God really has forfeited a great blessing, and has entered into a state of unrepentant sin before the Lord. And people might say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? The Lord has commanded us to give. And when we don't give, and we know that he's told us to, we enter into unrepentant sin. And it's very serious. Now, I know that there are churches, and I don't understand this for the life of me, they keep a strict record, we don't do this here, strict record of who has paid their tithes and who has not. And if an individual would happen to be out from church for a while, they will receive a letter in the mail telling them of what they owe and back tithes. Now... (laughs) I think (laughs) um, that's going a little too far on the church's side. But I'm going to tell you, in reality, if we will just give what we're supposed to give, it's going to bring a blessing on our life rather than a curse. We don't look at tithe records. We We don't do that. We have somebody else. I don't even know who, Lynn, I don't know who does that now. Lynn, Lynn and Arlene. Um, we don't do that. We trust that you're going to be in communication and fellowship with the Lord, and he's, you're going to allow him to speak to your heart. But I will tell you this, uh, on a worldwide, I guess, stance, 
only 3% of the church is faithful in paying their tithes. Only 3%. That's sad. Just think about if just 10% would be faithful in paying their tithes. How much more could the body of Christ do? How much more? If the church as a whole, if 100% of churchgoers would pay their tithes, there would not be a need for Medicaid, welfare, because we would be able to be the church that Christ has called us to be. And he's not asking for us to give everything. Just to, I'm just talking about your tithe. Just 10%, just a tenth of your increase. Again, I told you tonight, I, this is a touchy subject. I know it is, but it's, it's in the word of God, so he wants us to address it. He wants us to, to understand it. He wants us to know. And I know Jason's probably thinking, it's a good thing you're teaching on this and not me tonight, right? We did. We did have a family leave, but that's up to the Lord, right? So we're to use uh, all that we have to bring glory to the Lord. This means that the primary use for money, hear me tonight, is giving. The primary use for our money that we are blessed with by the Lord is giving. And when we give, we honor God, right? We advance his kingdom. We demonstrate faith in his promises. We expose ourselves to his blessing, and we do something in which every person can participate in. Tonight's scripture text points that out beautifully. Everyone can participate in giving. Not one person is left out. Verse 41, uh, I want to pull this out, that Jesus cares about our giving. See, it's evident that Jesus was observing the people as they were casting their money into the treasury. That's what the word says. And he beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, meaning he was watching. He was watching how and who was giving. That's what he was doing. He was stepping back and, and watching this. How many believe that Jesus is here when we take up offering? He's still watching how we're giving. Now, in those days, it was a little different because the cast, um, the iron uh, or brass containers that they would give into were called trumpets because they were shaped like a trumpet and it just makes me think of those things like you know that the kids like to put their money in and it swirls around and then <laughs> drops they love to do that they would always beg for money but the what the the reason behind that was it made a loud noise so when someone would come in and they had lots of coins oh it really sounded good right you know, have you ever, this shows how poor we are, have you ever gone to Coinstar and cashed in your coins, like at Food Lion? And, and to me, it's like uh, embarrassing. I'm like, God, hurry up and just, hurry up and get in there. But I got 5,000 pennies, you know. <laughs> so, and you're pulling the thing up and trying to hurry up, and it's so loud, and everybody in Food Lion's looking at you. But uh, I'm like, oh, this is just her change. <laughs> No biggie. <laughs> uh, praying like God would <laughs> let it be enough to pay our grace. Yeah, that's just, that's it. That's it, the necessities. But that's how it was in those days. It made a loud noise. 
So you can imagine when the lofty, when the wealthy would come in and they would begin to pour their coins and everybody would, ooh, ah, in those days it was a good thing for it to take a long time for all the money, you know, to drop in. And they would get all of the glory and, and again, all of the oohs and ahs. But then you had this little widow who came in, two little coins. Nobody oohed and ah. But guess whose attention she got? The Lord's. <laughs> right? She got the Lord's attention. And I'm going to get ahead of myself. But God's challenging us. I believe he is in our giving. And the yardstick has always been what we call the tithe. That's just it. And the word simply means a tenth. God desires that every person be actively involved in giving their tithe to the Lord. Well, what do I tithe on? Anytime you get an increase. Anytime you get a paycheck. That's what you tithe on. I know Jason's mom, she was an evangelist. And she went to a church, and it was just an old country church. And people, you know, didn't have much money. But they brought her their first fruits from their garden. They paid her with vegetables and, you know, things like that. And what a blessing that was. Why? Because they were giving all that they had. Some might would turn up their nose to that. But the Lord honors that because they're giving out of their own need. What might have been their meal, they were now giving, right? They were giving it to the work of the Lord. And that's what the Lord honors. Uh, see, there's three reasons that people don't tithe. One, many people have never been taught to tithe. Uh, maybe their moms and dads didn't tithe. Maybe a preacher was silent about tithing. And I don't know why a preacher would be silent about it because tithing brings blessing, Upon the life of a believer, it does. Um, but whatever the reason, some people simply don't understand the place that tithing has uh, in their lives. Secondly, many misunderstand the place of tithing in the kingdom of God. Um, there are those that feel that tithing's not for us today. And that's a big thing that's going around. Um, no, that's old covenant. We don't have to tithe. But I believe that this comes from a lack of understanding uh, about what tithing is and where it came from, and I hope to clear this up in a few minutes. Uh, lastly, many just simply refuse to obey, obey the Lord. Um, many don't tithe even though they know the Bible tells them to tithe. This church tithes, yes. This church pays, um, yeah, it does. Y'all are a giving church. Um, yes, as a body, just uh, Corporately, our church tithes. We sow into fruitful ministries, and the Lord has blessed us. That's why we've been able to do all that we do, because we tithe. As a church, we sow into fruitful ministries, and the Lord honors that. Um, but many don't tithe, even though they know the Bible tells them. Many refuse because they are willing to be rebellious to the Word of God instead of being obedient and that's a dangerous place to be. And if you know that it's the Lord's will and you don't do it, then don't complain when you begin to pay a financial price for your rebellion. James 4.17 um, says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And you, if, when you fail to tithe, the word describes it as you have holes in your pockets, right? 
You put your money in, then you don't even realize where it went. But when you are faithful in your giving and in your tithing, the Lord can take $5 and, my Lord, stretch it, right? I mean, he can stretch it. And you don't know how. You just say, thank you, Lord. Because if you write down your bills on paper, it don't make sense. But when you're faithful to the Lord, he always makes a way. He always does. See, God has a claim to our resources, and too often we get hung up on the tithe and forget that every penny, every penny that we have to our name belongs to him. Every penny, all of our money, not just the tithe, is to be used as he leads and directs us. It isn't 10% that belongs to God. It's 100%. Everything that we have belongs to the Lord. So you have to ask yourself, am I living my life by this principle? The Lord, uh, in the measure of our giving and going back again to the scene that day um, as Jesus was there and watching people give, um, to the Lord, of course, the, the wealthy came in and they Uh, made a noise of a vast offering. But when the little widow came in and gave all she had, Jesus could no longer contain himself. But he used her giving as an example to all those who were present that day. And her testimony still stands as one of the greatest examples of sacrifice in all of human history. Next to Jesus on the cross, it's the widow and the two mites. The greatest example of sacrifice. And with this in mind, I want us to just kind of notice a couple things that everyone is expected to give the same amount. Hear me. Everyone's expected to give the same amount. Not the same dollar figure. I'm not saying that. But the same percentage. God's ideal starting point, again, is 10% for everyone. And the principle of giving, again, is called a tithe. And it's the Lord's, Malachi 3.10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, and there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there, is, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's a promise from the Lord when we are faithful in tithing. Leviticus 27.30 says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Any other use of this money constitutes stealing from God, and it will result in a removal of his blessing on our life. That's how serious tithing is. Do you want the blessings of God? I do. I do. I think we all do, right? Well, then give him what's rightfully his. And he will pour out a blessing. He will open the windows of heaven so much so that you can't contain it. That's what God does. And tithing did not originate with the law. A lot of people get this uh, messed up. But 430 years before the law was given, Abraham offered the Lord a tithe. Of all of his increase, Genesis 14, 20, we don't have to go there. But even before that, Abel brought before the Lord of his first fruits and of his flocks. That's back in Genesis 4, 4. 
the very beginning. So for people to try to make an argument and say, well, we're not under the law. This started before the law. And I don't understand how someone can not get that. It's not about money. It's about blessing and just giving it all to the Lord, giving it all to him regardless of who you are. Your part is exactly the same as my part. We're all required to give the Lord his tithe, and anything less is theft. I mean, if we think, if we get it in our minds that way, we're stealing from the Lord. That's the last person you should want to steal from, right? It's the Lord. So we're to give properly, and the proper place that's been appointed for the Lord for us to give our tithes is to the church, to give our tithes to the church. That's what he's instituted. Again, Malachi 3.10, we just read it. We're to bring our tithes into the storehouse called the Lord's house. Um, God's plan is that all the tithe be brought to the church, and then it's distributed as the Lord leads. I thank the Lord for godly pastor and godly counsel that we are able to sow in because of your faithfulness, because of your giving, we're able to sow into other ministries to bless them, and in return, the Lord pours back in here. I mean, we could have our councilmen come up here, and, and this wouldn't be from us. This would be from, They've seen it. They know where we started when we came here. And they've seen the hand of God upon the finances of this church simply because we're faithful in giving, in sowing, and in return we reap. The Lord honors that. He blesses that. Always. They're going to have a meeting tonight and show just how good God is. How we, we, to God be all the glory. We haven't been in the red. We stay in the black, right? I mean, that's the goodness of the Lord. And he wants that for all of our lives. If we will just be faithful to him in our giving. And we are to give perpetually. 1 Corinthians 16.2 uh, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Right? That right there, uh, I know this is just kind of a practice that we've gotten into, and I encourage you to get into it. When you get paid, go ahead and write your tithe check or, or whatever you plan on giving. You set that aside first and foremost. And then it, it's not an issue. It doesn't matter. You do that first. That's the first matter of business when you get paid. We're to give of our first fruits according to the Bible when we make the first part holy, guess what? The rest of it becomes holy. When we just make the first part holy, everything else becomes holy. Romans eleven sixteen. 16. Um, For if the first fruit be holy, then the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Meaning God's blessing, his hand will be upon your finances when you set apart what rightfully belongs to him first and foremost. Um, then there's the motive. And this is lastly, this is 
where it really hits home. Um, I can imagine the reaction of the crowds again as the rich men threw in their large sums of money. But then when the little widow came in, uh, some people say that it, what she gave equals maybe to a penny. Um, some will say a dollar. Uh, that's neither here nor there. The crowds were probably silent. But while others received the praises of men, right, for their gifts, this woman received the praises of God. And that's what it's about, that we are pleasing unto him. I had a dear, sweet lady friend. um, She just recently passed away, and she told me a story. She was a believer, uh, went to church, but she struggled with cigarettes. And uh, she said a missionary came to her church, and was given testimony, and, you know, of course, they were going to take up an offering for the missionary. And she said the plate was passed, and she first thought, I can't give because this is my cigarette money. And she let the plate get almost to the back, and she knew that the Holy Spirit was really working on her. You know, this is just a couple of dollars. It was a long time ago. <laughs> she got out of the pew, ran to the back, caught the usher before he left the sanctuary, and she put her cigarette money in the offering plate. Do you know that that day the Lord completely delivered her from nicotine? Now, (laughs) just such a small, just a couple dollars. She didn't realize what a stronghold, but it kind of clicked in her mind when she thought, I can't give this money to a missionary because i got to have it for my cigarettes. Now, I'm not, just, I'm not just calling out cigarettes. This could be with anything. We don't realize what blessing is on the other side of our giving. If we will just be faithful to give to the work of the Lord, there's no telling what he will do in our lives. I've had it happen in my life. I felt impressed one time to give a lady... Uh, her and her daughter, well, her daughter was going through, she had leukemia. And I just felt led to give her $100. And, of course, I was giving out of my own need. I was like, but, Lord, I know you're telling me this. And I gave her $100. Now, I'm not prosperity seed, all this stuff. I'm not telling you this, but I'm telling you God's blessings will overtake you they will overrun you it wasn't a day later that I got a phone call from a family member and said I want to meet with you I want to give you something I'm thinking what in the world handed me a thousand dollars out of nowhere I'm not telling you please don't get this wrong that if you give somebody a hundred dollars somebody's going to call you and give you a thousand dollars I'm not telling you that I'm telling you this if the Holy Spirit lays something on your heart and you do it, some, a blessing is going to come your way. I can't tell you what that is. It might be deliverance from a bondage. It might be who knows what. But he's faithful. And we, we can't continually shrug off the prompting of the Holy Spirit when he's prompting us to give because on the other side is a blessing. He is a blessing God. He is, and I know there are preachers, there's prosperity preachers that have taken this to the extreme and promised people, if you'll give this, then your house will be paid off and all this nonsense. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying, trust the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he's telling you, what he's prompting you to do, and do it. It's 
It's that simple. You don't need someone to tell you a dollar amount that you have to give in order to receive a blessing. That's between you and the Lord. All he requires is that your tithe, your 10%, and then anything else is between you and the Lord. Just be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord. We should always be joyful in our giving. We should give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 um, tells us that. That every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That's why we play an upbeat song when we take up offering. We want people to be happy about giving, right? Why? Because we're giving to the Lord. He's blessed us, and we're just going to give back. We should give liberally. I'm going to say this. This is the only kind of liberal that the Lord will bless is a liberal giver, okay? I thought that'd be fitting for tonight, but he wants us to be a liberal giver. He wants us to give liberally. And there's some people that'll say, well, I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. Let me tell you tonight, you can't afford not to. Because when you give, again, he will always give back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He is God and he cannot lie. So why can't we trust him with our finances? We have to. We have to, and we should give sacrificially. In our text, again, Jesus uh, was impressed not by the amount of the widow's gift, but the fact that she gave out of her need. She gave all that she had. See, the rich gave out of their surplus, their leftover, but she gave out of her need. She gave all that she had. See, a lot of people say, well, when I get the money, I'll start giving, right? When I have enough money, I'll start giving. Well, here's two problems with that. One, you'll never get to where you think you have plenty. And number two, if you do have a little extra, it'll seem like too much to give. Oh, well, that's just too much. Lord, don't you know how hard I've worked for this? And No, let it go. Give it to the Lord, and he will give back. The best thing you can do is just give everything you have to the Lord. Just give it all to him. He already owns it all. Then that little 10%, it won't even matter. Right? It won't even matter. It is just a pathway for blessings in the believer's lives. Sadly, many in our day, and I saw this quote and I loved it, and I'm closing with this, seem to be afflicted with that terrible disease known as cirrhosis of the giver. And I thought that was so cute. This terrible disease renders the afflicted person's hand incapable of moving from the wallet to the offering plate. Right? The only known cure is to remove the sufferer from the Lord's house where the condition seems able to cure itself. This is seen in the fact that the sufferer is more willing and able to spend money at restaurants and activities which he or she enjoys. And if you have this disease, there is a permanent cure, and it's called repentance and obedience to the Lord. If you're afflicted by cirrhosis of the giver, then allow me to point you to Dr. Jesus, right? He has the cure for your need.
So tonight, simply, I want to encourage you just to give it all to Jesus. And I'm not just talking about money. Every area of your life, we can come to him. And we can lay it at his feet. And he's going to take it. He's going to break it. He's going to multiply it. He's going to give it. I mean, these are godly principles, godly laws that have been set in motion that work. They just work. They simply work. I laugh and say, maybe I'll just take up another offering at the end of service. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But uh, pray about it. If you have worry or fear in your heart about giving, take that to the Lord. He will give you the peace that you need. Because maybe this is foreign to you and you've you never tithed before. But I want to encourage you that when you do, you will see God's blessing upon your life. You won't be able to deny it. Stand to your feet tonight. As the music plays, if you have a need, uh, if you want to just come and pray, these altars are open uh, for anything. We will agree with you in prayer. But just respond as the Holy Spirit draws. Come just as you are Hear the Spirit call Come just as you are Come and see Come receive
Expired, Lord. It's never run out. The invitation to come, Lord. God, whatever needs we have, Lord, your name is greater. Lord, I pray that tonight as your word went forth, Lord, oh Jesus, that it brought encouragement and life to our souls, Lord, and realizing that you gave it all for us, Lord. And in turn, we're going to give all that we have back to you, not just in our finances. But in every aspect of our life, Lord, you deserve it all and more, Lord. You deserve it all, and we thank you for it, God. Lord, I pray that you bless, that you touch each family, Lord, that is a part of Lakeside, those that are viewing, God, that your hand of protection would be upon them, your hand of healing, Lord, would be upon them, Lord, that you would just keep us all safe and bring us all back together at the next appointed time. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Men, don't forget if you need the address uh, for fishing, see David. And uh, ladies, if you have questions about craft day, see Jeanette. And uh, we will see you all hopefully on Sunday. Love you guys.